Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Wednesday, June 10th morning. I am Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two hours, taking your phone calls at uh, 844-843-6879. That's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away emails, tweets, phone calls right here on a Wednesday morning of bagels and bad beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Well, what are we going to talk about today, you ask? Well, how about MLB owners? Your turn. Back to square one. Misguided causes. Cuban has it half right. Dirty money. Easy money. Welcome back, fans. Really, Russ. Uh, time to wave the white flag on the Confederate flag. And Whatever happened to the real Michael Jordan? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats for a Wednesday, June 10th morning. How are you, my friends? Hopefully your day will go well today. Mine, not too bad yesterday. I'm actually encouraged because my garden is coming in great this year. Knock on wood. I tell you, I did everything right this year, or at least I tried to anyway, because years past, I, I went through all this protocol of doing this and doing that, and nothing would ever come up in my garden. I do love the uh, gardens. I do. We do vegetables here in the house, and uh, we have actually some fruit, believe it or not. Had, we have a couple of cherry trees that I actually had my first cherries yesterday. If you like fresh vegetables, try fresh fruit uh, in your backyard. That's really cool. So I, I'm, I'm all happy. I'm all excited. I watched the boxing match last night um, with uh, Shakur Stevenson, who won in the sixth-round TKO. I wasn't necessarily that concerned with the fight itself. You know, he was a five or a 50 to one favorite. You, you can't lay American money on anybody at 50 to one, not in boxing and not in any sport for that matter. But I was encouraged to see just how the four letter network was going to present the uh, telecast because there were no fans in, in the Las Vegas uh, studios in, in the arena. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, it actually wasn't bad. Well, overall, it really wasn't bad. When you consider everything, you didn't notice it at all. And I don't think we're going to notice it in golf, and I don't think we're going to notice it in most of the other sports as well. So, phone calls coming up, 844-843-6879. A lot to get to. Bagels and bad beats on a Wednesday morning. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel.
It is Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. 844-843-6879 is our toll-free telephone number. Again, you want to send a tweet, it is at Officer Picks. Email me, go to the website, hit the contact, Scott, I got it, fire away. So, good little boxing match last night. Again, the overall uh, plan of it was to see how, you know, it would look, for, for me anyways, a fan on TV. And, and you know what, I really didn't notice the fans. And boxing... You know, in a pecking order of, uh, you know, one through ten, I think fans in a boxing arena when you watch on TV, pay-per-view, you know, probably around a seven or an eight. It, it's, you know, it's not like other sports, but it certainly is uh, part of the overall scene and the fanfare and everything else. And it wasn't wasn't that bad. So next up will be golf starting tomorrow. I don't think that's going to have any effect at all. I, I, I would be shocked. You know, basketball, that would be the main one. Not having fans in the stands and hearing that screaming and yelling and everything else, that's the one. Football would be probably number two. You know, baseball probably would be number three, just because baseball, you get to see the fans probably more so than any other sport, just because of foul balls and home runs and everything. And then hockey would be a close, maybe third or fourth as well. But, you know, the, the four major sports, the fans, you do get a sense of them being there and being part of the overall package. You know, boxing, so boxing is, you know, in that vein. But overall, last night, not, not that big a deal. And if it meant, you know, having boxing or having golf or having baseball or football, or whatever the case may be, without fans in the stands, I would have no qualms about that whatsoever. Speaking of baseball, big story yesterday. The players came up last night with a proposal, or at least sometime yesterday, uh, with a proposal for now an 89-game full prorated share for the upcoming season. And, and what that means is they're saying, you know, if, if our salary is $10 million a year, um, we don't care if there's one person in the stands or, you know, 50,000 people in the stands. We're going to get a pay based on playing 89 regular season games. Forget about who's showing up or who's not showing up. So it's a reduction of about 25 games uh, from their proposal, exactly 25 for that matter, of 114 that they proposed supposedly last week or so. So it, it is a, you know, and that's a that's a drastic reduction. I, for, uh, for a person like myself who's been ripping the players for the most part over the last two weeks or so, you know, for them to drop from 114 to 89, to me, I, you got to give credit where credit is due. At least they're presenting something to the table. They're not taking that hardcore Blake Snell, you know, Max Scherzer stand of I'm not playing if I'm not getting paid no matter what, blah, 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 blah. You know, they, they came, they've come a long way here from 114 down to 89. Do I think this is going to get it done? No, no, I really don't. You know, the owners proposed supposedly a 48 to 50 game full prorated pay for the players. So they're still off a good, you know, 39, 40 games. That's a, that's a wide margin, you know, from basically 50 to basically 90. I don't know why they would come up with 89. Now, I'd like to know the philosophy behind 89. Not, not 80, not 85, not 81, which is half the season, not 90. I mean, how, how does 89 fit into the equation of, of everything making sense? But that's supposedly what it was. So, you know, again, it's a drop from the 114, you know, good 25 game drop. But is it really close to the 50 or so that the owners were proposing? Eh, not really. Now, the owners did propose a 76 game schedule, but that would be 75 percent of the prorated pay. So they would get a prorated pay of the 76 games versus 162, but then it would be 75% of even that. That that was their proposal. So 
you could say, well, Scott, you know, one is, uh, you know, offering up 89, the other is offering up 76. You would think, you know, logically, you meet somewhere in the middle around 82, 83 games and boom, we're all set. Seems pretty easy, right? Well, it, it's not that easy because it's not, you know, the players are saying, we're giving us our full prorated share where the owners are saying less games and you get even less than your prorated share. So there's still a long ways to go at this point. To, to, to summarize it in one sentence, progress, but far from being done. And they probably have a week, week and a half to play with before you really start pushing things off into October. You know, if they got it resolved within the next week or so, week to 10 days, you know, maybe by June I would say, what are we at the tenth now? No, maybe by June twentieth, when summer officially begins. Maybe, maybe that'll be the big thing they're waiting for. You know, have summer begin and, and then make the announcement. Okay, baseball is actually back. If you can get things resolved by June twentieth, ten days from now, still need three weeks of training. You know, maybe they would have a couple of games thrown in there. You could probably still get underway. Could get underway. You know, July 4th, which is probably what their goal would have been. I mean, to make the, the whole story complete, right? How about making this announcement baseball back on July 4th? That would be great, but it doesn't appear that's going to happen. But if you got it done by June 20th, you know, you, you probably could get, you know, baseball underway by July 15th. That would give them three solid weeks and get all the quarantine and all the other nonsense out of the way. And then, you know, you'd still be able to have an 80 to 90 game regular season. You go into August 15th, you go into September 15th, you go into the first week of October, and you could probably squeeze, like I said, 80 games in that 90 day period. And then you have, you know, baseball, maybe go an extra week or two. So they actually, and you know, I hope the players aren't doing this because they know that, you know, they probably are. That's how negotiations sadly work, no matter what the circumstance. They always look at the absolute, where's the drop dead date? Well, you know, is it June 20th? Is it June 25th? Is it June 28th? Is it tomorrow? You know, and until you get to that exact point, Sometimes you really don't get your honest effort because I can't help but think the Players Association has to realize the owners are not buying this. You know, it does show progress. It's like trying to buy a house. You know, you make a little offer. You expect the counteroffer to be you know, presented. And then you make another counteroffer. You go back and forth. So the owners and players have about a week to 10 days to still screw around if they really want to. Again, the overall picture is sad. It, you know, it, it really is. I don't know why they can't come to an agreement. We talked about this. It's one lousy year, but to be fair, at least the players have presented a big drop from what they were originally saying. I don't know how, listen, uh, realistically at this point, I don't know how you'd expect to get 114 games in there. So if you really want to be a pessimist, and I'm Mr. Optimist, clearly everyone knows that about yours truly. Um, you know, there's no way you can get 114 games in at this point. It really, it really couldn't. You know, you could sign on the dotted line tomorrow, and you still couldn't get underway until July, you know, uh, early part of July. So unless you wanted to play in one specific site, which I don't think they really want to do, you know, I know the NBA is doing that. The hockey will probably pick a couple of cities and do that. But I don't think baseball realistically wants to do that. I think they want to be able to play in their own uh, stadiums with or without fans. 
So it it would be tough to do that, you know, down in Florida with all these uh, with all these teams. You, you could, you know, put half the teams in Florida, half in Arizona. But I think in the, in their dream world, they want to be able to play these games in their own respective stadium. So if that's the case, then it's almost impossible to get 114 games in at this point. So maybe it's really not that much of a concession by the players, but at least on paper, it does look like a concession. So the Players Association offers up 89 games. The owners' proposal now it does not appear. Like there's going to be any shift in the um, the postseason um, as far as how many teams and any you know reduced or added best of three or five or seven series, 89 games, full pro rate of pay, regular season runs from July 10th they're proposing until October 11th. And think about that, you know, right now they're presenting this proposal. You know, even if the owners said yes today, the players are still saying we need a solid month of spring training, if you will, to get back into game shape. Um, they're saying expanded playoffs for this year and next year, which I find kind of interesting. I, I don't know why they're going to play with next year, um, but they are saying expanded playoffs for this year. But they didn't get into whether it's best of three, best of five, best of seven, how many teams. And then the playoff revenue pool for players of 50 million if there's no or limited fans, but a regular split if the gate uh, opens up to all fans, which uh, seems you know fair enough. So uh, I'd like to know what the playoff situation is. Now the owners again proposed 16. We found out yesterday that it was a 16-team postseason, and again you know speculation is that some of that would be an opening best of three round series. So. We're making some progress, slowly but surely, they're making some progress. So cross your fingers, baseball fans. If sports do resume, then it looks like we might be able to, might be able to have a baseball season. Bagels and bad beats, phone calls coming up next. Disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. It is bagels and bad beats on this Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Our toll-free telephone number, get 844-843-6879. Return to boxing last night. We had no fans in the stands, but that's okay. We got golf returning tomorrow. Again, no fans in the stands down in the Fort Worth, Texas area. And uh, you know what? I'm okay with no fans in the stands if it means having sports back. And we could talk about anything aside from, you know, all the issues, whether it's the coronavirus or anything else going on. You know, listen, they're important issues, obviously, but uh, sometimes you just want to just move past certain things, no matter what the situation is, whether it's Tom Brady and Deflategate or whether it's, you know, uh, the coronavirus. Sometimes you just like, give me sports, give me anything, give me the WNBA for, for that matter. Good grief. Uh, 844-843-6879. To the phones we start with our good buddies making a habit of being the first caller every day. And I'm okay with that. <clears throat> Johnny in Manhattan. What's up, John? How are you today, my friend? You there, John? Hey, I'm here, Scott. Good morning. Hey, man. How are you? Good morning. I uh, I was hoping we could get an update from you on domestic 
terrorism, and I'm not referring to Antifa burning down New York City and other places. I was wondering if you could update us on you living with the uh, the wonderful wife out there in uh, Long Island. Yeah, well, uh, I'll ingratiate the new listener to yours truly as we progress here on the show. But as John knows, he's an LL, a loyal listener to my previous programs and the podcast. You know, my family life, my wife in particular, is a big part of the radio show. So uh, as soon as something goofy happens, well, like I said, we'll ingratiate. But it's a slow but sure process of letting people know what our radio show here is going to be all about. And, and part of that is with the wife. So right now we're dealing still with the refrigerator sticking out about six inches into my kitchen because our refrigerator is too big. But that was actually my fault, John. So I, I really, as much as I'd like to blame the wife for that one, that was not necessarily my fault. It was the you know website's fault for saying the refrigerator is 68 inches high when it's really 70 inches high, so it doesn't fit in my counter space. But uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get plenty of wife stories in here uh, in, in due time. In, in due time. Scott, is your daughter gonna? Uh, are you paying the same money for her to stay home and do college on the computer versus being in a dorm room? Well, you know, it's funny you say that, John, because uh, that's coming up. The, the, the one daughter graduated high school this year. I talked about the ceremony a little bit on Monday. I think I did anyway. Uh, we, we, they did actually a halfway decent job, all things considered. And, um, you know, we're definitely going to get a, a, a kickback if she ends up not going to school. But at this point, the plan is for her to go to, to school. So what I'm really concerned about is I got another daughter that goes to a Catholic school. And, you know, that's about $10,000 a year, which, you know, is not the end of the world. But, you know, I got two kids in college and now I got another one in Catholic school in high school. Uh, as I tell my wife, you know, why are we sending her to a Catholic school if at this point she's going to be taking courses at home? You know, w what is the advantage of spending $10,000 so she could sit on my computer desk and take courses when she could be sitting at my computer desk taking courses for the local high school, which is, oh, by the way, ranked in the top 100 in the, in the state? Um, so that's really honestly where my concern is. The college has said that they're going to be taking kids back. But if not, I'm definitely going to be looking into that for sure. Well, she's of strong character. She can uh, get through Catholic school. Or as we we refer to anyone that has, you know, survived Catholic school. Um, you know, you're a recovering Catholic because that's running the gauntlet, believe you me. <laughs> Scott, thank you. Well, Have a great day. All right, John. Appreciate the phone call. Catholic schools now, you know, I didn't go to a Catholic school. My wife did. But, you know, I don't think Catholic schools now are like, uh, what they used to be. I, I think those days, you know, are, are over. Um, you know, it's not that hardcore yell, scream, you know, put your hand out, I'm going to slap you with a ruler. I, it, it's not like that. Um, the person has got to, you know, the, the parents have to suffer more with the Catholic schools because, you know, like other schools, but in particular with Catholic schools, you know, you pay your tuition, <clears throat> but if you think the checks have stopped being written once you sign on the dotted line, it, it's the antithesis of that. It's just the opposite. It is, you know, once you delve in, that means you are hooked in, hook, line, and sinker. And they're asking for money every chance they get. That's how they make their money. They don't get tax money. So it's uh, it, it's not easy. But I think there's, there's got to be, and I was talking this with, with the folks, um, those Catholic schools in particular in high school, you know, colleges can get away with it, but, but even colleges, you know, if this coronavirus, let's say, doesn't go away, like the my kids in high school, they finished school, as I think most of America did, at home, on the computer. And if you're in college and you're going to spend 
30, 40, $50,000, which is completely realistic to go to some of these schools. Why would you do that? You know, why would you spend, you know, eight, nine, 10, whatever it is, $1,000 on a Catholic high school when you're just sitting at home? You know, why should I pay, you know, she's going to go to the University of New Haven. Why should I pay $30,000 to go to the University of New Haven when she could go to, you know, uh, Topeka High, you know, or uh, Nassau Community College, we'll say, for a tenth of that for this year? When both situations are, you're going to be at home. You know, what, what's the point? You know, why not uh, go to Nassau Community College for one year, get those uh, credits to transfer next year, and then once you can go back on campus, then you go to those schools. Same thing with the high schools. You know, why went, why am I spending ten thousand dollars to go to a Catholic high school when she's sitting at home taking courses? You know, what what is she benefiting out of that? Why would I do that? So there's got to be a lot. And I mean a lot of schools that are in that situation, you know, and as much as you may want your kid to go to this particular school or a Catholic high school, it really financially makes absolutely no sense, no sense whatsoever. But that said, my one daughter did graduate and they did a pretty good job with it. They, they really did. So I'm, I'm pleased knowing that they were kind of stuck behind the eight ball with no great uh, graduation ceremony, but uh, uh, they were they were done. So. Uh, the big story, you know, the, the boxing, uh, we got the, that last night, so boxing is back. Uh, we got the baseball proposal, and we got the President uh, Trump uh, getting back involved with this thing as he retweeted the message from the chair of the American Conservative Union, which tweeted out, or who tweeted out, I will never buy another NFL ticket until they go back to playing football and stop dividing America. <clears throat> Listen. People are going to have to, speaking of coming to terms on, on things and, and why you do things, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I would be, at this point, shocked if we had the national anthem for football games. I really do. And listen, football is not going to be the, the, the test point. No. Basketball is going to be the test point. You, you don't have, realistically, the national anthem in golf tournaments. You do have it for, for NASCAR. But that's not something, you know, people are sitting in their cars, so, you know, drivers can't get out of their cars and take a knee. I don't think, I'd be curious to see what Bubba Watson does and some of the other drivers do. But realistically, the NBA, which has a plan to come back before any other sport, that's the one. You know, I want to know why is it proper protocol, we'll say, for NFL players to take a knee during the National Anthem? What about NBA players? What about LeBron James, who has made no beef about, you know, being one of the spokespeople uh, with this cause? And that's certainly his right. Knock yourself out, LeBron. So my question for LeBron is, are you going to be standing for the national anthem? And I know, you know, people are saying, well, the NBA has rules. You have to stand for the flag. And I'm saying, really? Is, is that all it takes? Is that, you know, if the NFL had a hardcore, absolute, 100%, you stand for the national anthem, otherwise you get a 15-yard penalty or you get penalized or you get fined. If that's all it takes, then the NFL would say, go ahead, okay, let's, let's implement this rule specifically towards that. But so what is LeBron going to do? You know, he wants to be the face of the NBA. He wants to be one of the faces for this cause. You know, why does it fall on just the NFL players? 
Why can't it fall on the NBA players? I, I was mystified about that last year as well. I, I never understood how the NBA, and they had to be thanking their lucky stars. I mean, absolutely. It just goes to show how fickle the media can be, how they can pick sides on things and just, you know, stay with that, yet have another story and not, you know, uh, you know, portray that story as part of the the, 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 the whole real story. And that is, you know, why does the NFL player have to kneel for the national anthem, yet the NBA player doesn't? NBA player makes 10 times, 10 times as much money as the NFL player. You know, the NBA player's life expectancy in its sport, 10 times longer. The average NBA player, well, if you could score 10 points and grab five rebounds like everybody can in the NBA these days because there's no defense being played, you could play for 10 years. You, you really can. NFL average player, He's playing for three to five years. That, that, that's really it, you know, throughout your superstars. But the average Joe Schmo NFL player is playing about four or five years. The average NBA player is playing about 10. So why does the NBA player who makes 10 times as much has a longer career, but all this peer pressure is not coming on them? How can LeBron James be speaking out for this cause, which is great for him, but then be able to stand for the national anthem. I am, you know, I want to have sports come back just because I want to see that. I've said this before in previous shows. Every sport seems to have its issue. Baseball, it's steroids. NFL, national anthem. Hockey, yeah, just being underappreciated. No, no real, real, just isolated issue in hockey, but, uh, you know, maybe just the fighting rule. NBA, NBA really doesn't have any. It really doesn't. Nobody cares if you do drugs in the NBA. Nobody cares if you're on Lloyds in the NBA. Nobody cares if you stand for the national anthem or not in the NBA. But the NBA has it easy. It really does. I want to see if LeBron stands for the national anthem. Bagels and bad beats on a Wednesday morning. Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome back to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in as we do Monday through Friday, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to call in, it's 844-843-6879. Again, 844 toll free. Although really, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, who has a plan now? on their cell phone where you don't have unlimited mileage, unlimited minutes, unlimited basically everything. But it is. 844-843-6879. You want to send a tweet. It is at Office of Picks. Email me. Go to the website, officeofpicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and then fire away as Gary has done. Hey, Scott, been watching and listening. Just wanted to let the LLs, loyal listeners, download the SB Nation app and you come in fine does come on about seven minutes after 5 a.m. on the radio and YouTube, which you can watch as well on uh, on YouTube, different ways, many, many different ways uh, to uh, listen. Trucker Rich writes in, hey, Scott, just wanted to let you know NASCAR is letting 1,000 military fans into Homestead, Florida track 
and 5,000 fans into the Talladega uh, track. So uh, maybe our 90-day free trial of socialism is almost over. Great show, as always. Uh, maybe Trucker Rich. Like I said, last night, not too bad with the boxing. Uh, we're going to get it with NASCAR. I wonder why only 1,000 fans. And how, how are they going to do that with, with bathrooms and concession stands and, and walking underneath? And in NASCAR, I wonder why only 1,000 and 5,000. I mean, if you've ever been to a NASCAR track, I've been at the Daytona 500 once, and that thing is monstrous. I, I mean, you could, you could see, geez, 300,000 people in there. I mean, it is so freaking huge, and that's not even counting the infield. So I wonder why only 1,000. I'm not familiar with these two tracks that they're going to be using. Uh, th this week, but I would think that you'd be able to have more than that. And I wonder, and I don't know, I, I, I probably should know, but I wonder how they're deciphering who gets tickets. Is, is it first come, first serve? Is it done out of a lottery? Is it done, you know, on who you know? You know, is it all the dignitaries in those specific cities and towns? Is it just NASCAR grabbing them all up? I mean, there's a lot of NASCAR geeks out there. To, to limit it to only 1,000 and 5,000, uh, that is very, very hard. So, I mean, listen, a thousand people in a NASCAR event, they could be sitting a mile and a half apart, for goodness sakes. I'd like to think they could probably get a little bit more than that. But uh, it is what it is. Slowly but surely, yes, the socialism hopefully uh, is ending. President retweeted the message from the chair, as I mentioned, the American Conservative Union about not buying NFL tickets. You know, and, and we have... Um, Malcolm Jenkins saying that, uh, you know, nice job by the NFL so far by Commissioner Roger Goodell and company, but uh, he still doesn't think the NFL has gotten it right until they apologize specifically to Colin Kaepernick or assign him to a team. I don't think that they'll end up on the right side of history, said Jenkins, who was on uh, CBS this morning yesterday. At the end of the day, they listened to their players. They've donated money. They've created an Inspire Change platform. They tried to do things up to this point, but it's been one player in particular that they have ignored and not acknowledged, and that's Colin Kaepernick. You know, <clears throat> I have a saying in my radio shows. It was called, don't let facts get in the way of a good rant. And I hate to break it to Malcolm, but, uh, you know, maybe you don't remember. You know, it, it wasn't that long ago, last year, as a matter of fact, that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, for that matter, sued the NFL. And instead of going to court and presenting their case and proving that the NFL colluded to keep Kaepernick out of the league, Kaepernick sold out. He took his hand out of his pocket and said, here, NFL, give me some money. The NFL said, OK, if you promise to go away and end this thing, we'll give you the money if it's going to shut you up. And he took the money. So maybe Malcolm Jenkins doesn't remember that. But Kaepernick has been dealt with by the NFL. They paid him his money to basically shut up. Kaepernick sold out. Hate to break it to the black athlete that wants to put Kaepernick on this great pedestal and still be the face of this cause, but he sold out. Instead of going to court and presenting his case, and I don't even care if he didn't win, but he still had an opportunity to go to court and have the media see and hear what he had to say about the NFL, present its case, and really rip the NFL. Instead, he said, no, give me money. And they gave him money to shut up. And there was a clause in there that neither side could ever say how much money was given. And surprisingly enough, that, that's been kept pretty quiet. We really don't know. But you got to believe it was a lot of money. So anyone that wants to, if, if the Malcolm Jenkins of the world want to present that the NFL is colluding to keep Colin Kaepernick out, and they want to present Kaepernick again as a sympathetic figure, no, not, not in my eyes. I'm all for the cause. 
but Kaepernick took the money and he ran. And I, believe you me, I would be very, very surprised if an NFL team signed Kaepernick at this point. Why? I would need a couple things to occur first. First off, there's aren't any teams that need a starting quarterback if you think he's, you know, going to be a starter. You know, you have the New England Patriots, but they've shown obviously with Bill Belichick, and, and I don't see that ever happening up in New England, right? So that's not going to happen in New England. And maybe Jacksonville. We we just had the same situation with Cam Newton, and I, and I feel bad for Cam, but it is what it is at this point. There aren't any teams that need quarterbacks. Are there teams that have quarterbacks that aren't as good as Cam or Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, you could probably make that case, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about teams that think they have their quarterbacks of the future. Are those quarterbacks better than Dwayne Haskins in Washington? Yeah, probably. Are they better than Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami? Yeah, probably. But, you know, the Redskins think they have Haskins. He's going to be the future of them. The Dolphins have two attacks. They think he's going to be the future for the Dolphins. You know, all these teams that may not have quarterbacks as good as those two, but in their organization's minds, they think they have their quarterback in the future on their roster. It's really only New England because of their quarterback situation with Brady leaving and, and maybe Jacksonville. And let's face it, I think Jacksonville, for some goofy reason, is buying into the Gardner Minshew thing. I think they're going to have him have this season to really show if he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback or maybe just a backup. So I, maybe not even those two. So I have to hear Colin Kaepernick say to the world, I'm willing to be a backup quarterback. I'm willing. I was making 8 to $10 million with San Francisco. I don't expect that money as a backup. I'm willing to sign for $1 to $2 million to be a backup quarterback somewhere. The day, until he says that, then I'll never fully believe he's being blackballed out of the league. And the other thing is, you know, even if he did say that, right, even if he came out and said, I need some money, you know, the payoff wasn't enough. I want to get my face back out there again. Who's willing to take on that issue as a backup? And if you think it's a Kaepernick thing, it isn't. Because I'll always present Tim Tebow. Teams wouldn't bring on Tim Tebow, for goodness sakes, because he was that big of a distraction. Not a bad distraction. You know, you can't find anything bad about Tim Tebow, whether you think he's a good NFL quarterback or not. It's not about his ability. Point is, Fans loved, they loved Tebow. If he didn't need to suit up, for goodness sakes, and he would have the media standing in front of his locker talking about the team and the game and this and that. But team said, no, nah, well, we, we don't want that. He, he's not that good. Although I think he could have been an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, but team said, no, he's not that good. It's not worth the aggravation. You know, we're going to have our starting quarterback talking to three reporters. And then we're going to have the backup who maybe won't even dress talking to 30 reporters every single Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when the locker rooms open after practice. Are they going to be talking to the starting quarterback? No, they're going to be talking to Tebow. Are they going to be talking to the starting running back? They're all going to be talking. We don't want that. That's too much. So if the NFL as a whole can collectively kick Tim Tebow out of the NFL, then you can be damn sure they'll do the same with Colin Kaepernick. Philosophy-wise, do I want my backup quarterback being surrounded by 30, 40 media members every single day? No. Would that eventually wear off? Would the media members eventually run out of questions? For Kaepernick, you know, could Kaepernick promise the NFL, listen, I won't talk to the media 
you know, perhaps, but it's not worth the aggravation. So, I, I, you know, the NFL will sign Eric Reed, who also sued, the, you know, but he's still, he's not on that level of Kaepernick. You know, Kaepernick's a 10, and Eric Reed's probably a 6 in the public's eye as far as being a spokesperson for this cause. I don't think, I would be shocked beyond belief if there was an NFL team at this point that would sign Kaepernick. Not making it fair, not making it right, but not not happening. And I'll tell you, the other issue is, you know, with this president retweeting the message, and, and you got to be careful about what you say, and, and because it's always going to be trade differently than what it what you mean it by. But blacks have to have to have to have to make a decision. Well, not just blacks. So you have to just label it that because there are many, many, many whites that are that are you know involved in this and are, are picking up the cause, which is great to show it's not just a black white issue. As crazy as that sounds. But they have to decide, do they want to piss people off or do they want to enhance their cause? And that's, that's no matter what side of the aisle you fall on this national anthem thing. To me, it comes down to that. Do blacks want to piss people off or bring attention to their cause and get whites and other minorities to respect the black people? Because if you want to piss people off, then you continue to kneel for the national anthem. You continue to say that it's not about the flag. You continue to say it's not about the military, but you continue to kneel for the national anthem, knowing full well that is pissing off a lot of people. If they want to enhance their cause, they do as I suggested. Kneeling during the anthem was to bring attention to their cause. You will never get more attention to the cause than what you have right now. There are steps in every single thing you try to accomplish in life. It doesn't happen overnight, no matter what you're trying to do. There are steps to get things done. Step number one was getting people to realize that the black people are upset and they want equal rights and equal this and equal this and equal that and, and everything else. That has been done already. Why are they continuing to want to sit Neil, whatever the case may be, for the national anthem, knowing that's pissing a lot of people off versus saying, okay, we've made our point. You know we're upset. We got the Black Lives Matter movement going strong and everything else. So it's not about the flag. It was never about the military. So we're going to move on from that. We're, we're going to move on and, and unite people. Why do something that you know is specifically pissing people off if you continue to say it's not about that. And, and that's really, to me, what it all boils down to. No matter what side of the aisle you fall on the national anthem, and, and I I'm, don't shy away, I think they should stand for the national anthem. As long as you keep on telling me it's not about the flag and it's not about the military, then for me, you stand. And I, I just don't understand why, if you know that pisses people off, if you know that is stopping people from buying into your cause, why would you continue to do that if you're telling me that's not really the cause that you're presenting? This is just a, a conduit to it. This is just a way that people grab, grab notice to you. Again, you know, you'll never get any more attention than what the cause has right now. Never. We, we've reached that goal. We've accomplished that goal. Move on. Show you're bigger. Show you're better. Show it's more about just kneeling for the national anthem. What does that do at this point? Nothing except, again, piss people off and get people to fight on this issue, rather than unite. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And I'll tell you, it's the same thing, you know, kudos to um, 
Bubba Watson uh, in uh, with the NASCAR. He wants to get rid of the uh, the Confederate flag, and you know what? I am all for that as well. I I think you know just as the white person says the flag and the anthem represent this, even though the black is saying that's not what we're fighting. That's the same thing with the Confederate flag. You know, like Bubba Wallace is in Bubba Watson. Bubba Wallace. You know, he, he wants to get rid of the uh, Confederate flag. While the Southerners may say, yeah, it's not about slavery, most of America does believe. That's what that represents to most of America, that flag, slavery. And that's why you should get rid of it. 844 843 6879. Scott Wetzel on Wednesday's Eagles. And to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning, 57 and a half past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879. Again, it's uh, 844-843-6879. Yep, uh, good old Bubba Wallace. You know, I actually like him. Um, I shouldn't say actually, uh, but I like him. I, I like what he stands for. Um, he's going to wear a shirt that uh, reads, I can't breathe, Black Lives Matter. He's going to put that on his race car. He drives for the Richard Petty uh, Motorsports Racing Team. Telling CNN yesterday, uh, my next step would be to get rid of all the Confederate flags. No one should feel uncomfortable when they come to a NASCAR race. So it starts with the Confederate flag. Get them out of here. They have no place for them. You know, a lot of people that are angry uh, that carry those flags uh, proudly, but it's time for a change. We'll have to change that. And I encourage NASCAR. We'll have those conversations to remove those flags. Wasn't it really bothered by the flags because he used to chase checkered flags, but now that the, the you know the cause has become more prominent, uh, you know he wants to get rid of the the, uh, the Confederate flag. Which uh, listen, I fully understand. Again, you know to be fair, as I always try and be on both sides of the equation, uh, the blacks may not think that not standing for the national anthem is a knock on the military and the flag itself. While most of America doesn't buy that. Same thing with the Confederate flag. While the Southerners may argue, well, it's not about slavery. There were so many other issues in the Civil War. and We had ancestors die in those wars and this and that. You know what? That may be fine and dandy, but most of America sees that Confederate flag and thinks slavery. You know, we had a Civil War because you wanted to keep a black man in chains, basically. Whether you think that's the case or not, that's what most of America thinks. And most of America you know, has the right like to say, get rid of that flag. So I, I am, if I'm going to argue one on one side, I will argue that on the other side. So there should be no reason, no reason. And I know we got some good Southern affiliates, but there should be no reason why there should be a Confederate flag at any sporting event. 844-843-6879. Vegas and Bad Beats. <laughs> 